We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky uh, from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And right here next to me, I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in the pollen-covered streets of beautiful <laughs> South St. Louis. Oh my pollen, goodness, it's terrible out there. Pollen well, issue well, going see, on we, here? We've got all these big, beautiful oak trees, which is yep. which is great most yep. of the year, but for about three weeks oh, in yeah. April, oh, I mean, the terrible. Pol- it's terrible. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Our, our school has this blacktop playground, it's and it's covered. it's just covered. It looks like a green tennis court almost. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. Uh, I, I'll tell you something. It's, it's almost as bad as that. So we were at the shrine. We were at. Uh, the, have you ever been to Our Lady of the Snow Shrine? I have. They have that that light display during yeah, Christmas. Yeah, That's during when Christmas. we get out there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It retells the Christmas and, story. And, and, and you don't have to wait till Christmas to come. It's a, just a nice place to come and take a walk. So so Lynn and I were doing that uh, last night, enjoying the the beauty there of the shrine. If you live in the St. Louis area, come across the river, see it. Just just really nice. But we were they like a nature walk, and 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 uh, um, um, I can't remember what the name of the species is. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Honeysuckle, honeysuckle, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, which is an invasive species. I know. And and you really see the definition of invasive species because as we're walking through this uh, nature walk, the honeysuckle is literally taken over the woods. Everywhere you look, it's just nothing but honeysuckle. And and here's why I wanted to say this is kind of a public uh, service announcement here. Part of the honeysuckle had fallen on me, and luckily Lynn saw it as we walked out of the woods. And, of course, she, she knocked it off of my hair because I'm thinking otherwise I would have woken up in the morning and I would have been completely covered with honeysuckle. <laughs> it would have invaded you. It, it would have. It it's, took it's, over it have, Pastor Jolly John. <laughs> so, so when you're in the woods, please check for ticks and check for honeysuckle. honeysuckle. <laughs> now, we also want to say hi. We have a guest wait, with wait, us wait, today. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, we haven't even told people no, the show That's is. right. What is the show? See, I'm trying what to be proactive. Show? What is because this? Because you're listening to Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. Basics. Thank you. Because <laughs> we get going and we don't even, we forget who we are. I, here, Speak can, for yourself. Let me see if I can get this to you. My daughter, Naomi, is with us today. Say hi, Naomi. Hi. Oh, come on. <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. I'm middle school teacher, special education at New Athens Elementary School, and I'm the mother of two, a 12-year-old and a 6-year-old. My 12-year-old is from Poland, and my 6-year-old is from South Korea. Yeah. (laughs) We wonder about her sometimes, though. (laughs) You know, it might just be a really small Korean spy that has snuck in. She's a sweetie, Lauren and Eric. And then tell us your husband's name is? Jared. So she really has three children, as most wives do. <laughs> and Jared delivers beer. <laughs> That's right. So he's the guy to know <laughs> if you need some beer delivered to your house. Thank you, Neil. It's, it's bring your daughter to radio today. <laughs> Woo-hoo. 
So, I I promise Naomi would. Glad but, Naomi's here. Yeah. So I know Naomi you. from Vicarage when I was served. Yeah. With under Pastor Jolly John, and we got to know Naomi and her husband Jared, and uh, so that connection, that friendship. So uh, it's good to see her here this morning. Yeah, you guys still uh, text back and forth and everything. I understand. Yeah, Lisa, and, and, uh, Lisa, Naomi got together. A couple times over the past few years, so yeah, well, it's going to keep in touch. I, I know your wife has come over. Naomi's uh, one of the honchos there at the Sunday school, and she's done stuff for our Sunday school and everything. And yeah, brought some of her books over and everything. So it's Naomi, kind of a... the Sunday school honcho, <laughs> that is her. <laughs> so, but we got to get to work here. We got to get to work. And I did promise that we wouldn't put Naomi on the spot. But thank you for do saying hi, sweetheart. Uh, I we're doing Easter stuff. We're doing Easter stuff, and I'd like to do a very classic story. Apparently. Apparently, Matt, a yes. story that the church fathers must have thought was really important. Uh, well, here's my point. We're doing the one-year lectionary now. We know. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> yeah. it's just—it's new to me. <laughs> I haven't done this since I was like eight or nine years old. Yes. And and it struck me as interesting that this is the text—the first text chosen to be read after Easter is the story of Doubting Thomas. And guess what? You're doing the three-year lectionary. Same thing. I think every year, right? Every year. Yes, yeah. even in the inferior, as you like to point out, three-year lectionary. <laughs> it's the same account. So I think that's I, I, that's remarkable, I think. And I, what I think is cool about it is because, well, you're probably getting to this, it, it corresponds with what we're doing. It takes place on the same day. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. And and but and, but see, that's what I thought was interesting because normally you three-year lectionary guys uh, in a three-year cycle, you've got a different lesson mm-hmm. for every yep. Sunday. Yep. It's not the same. It's going to be different. But in this particular case, it's always this story, which we're now going to read to you, dear children. <laughs> Naomi, would you like to read the story? <laughs> no, that's okay. I told her we wouldn't put it on the spot. <laughs> so you want to read it, though, Matt? I would love to read okay. it. Okay. John chapter 20. Okay. Uh, and as you said, Matt, it's the very evening of Easter, verse 19. Yeah. The evening of Easter, then we get to the the evening, the Sunday after Easter, yeah. which is which is so cool that it's it's well, that's when we read in a church. Okay, anyway. Uh, oh wait a second! Now that you put it that way, there's nothing significant about it. It just happens to be what happened on the Sunday after, yeah, after Easter. Yeah. So that's the only reason we read it. Sure. There's nothing theological significant about it. It's just. That's what they had. As far as I know, yeah. Which I think is kind of neat. It is neat. That same day that this took place. To to know exactly what was happening 2,000 years ago. That's that's pretty neat. Okay. All right. right. Verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, so we're talking about Easter Sunday evening, right? Uh, The doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, now, my theory, the, the reason why the, the fathers wanted to do this story every year, you had to hear this every year, is because I think this story provides maximum comfort. <laughs> okay? So if that's what you're looking for. Maximize your comfort. <laughs> that's right. And that's what the disciples needed here. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, well, explain why. Why would they need 
Well, I, the, the fear word. So here oh, they yeah. are behind locked doors, and we're told why even. The doors are locked because of fear of the Jews. So here, I mean, some of them, most of them had not seen the risen Lord or the empty tomb with their they, own they, physical they eyes. They heard the stories. They, they heard, heard the, the stories, stories, but they hadn't seen him. Maybe a little skeptical, perhaps, uh, but for sure fearful of the Jews that, you know, perhaps the, the fate that Jesus met, maybe that's going to be their fate too. Did not Jesus say, if they do this when the wood is green, what do you think they'll do if the wood is dry? Yeah. So if they do this to the Almighty Son of God, what do you think they'll do to his followers? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, now you pointed out they may have been skeptical. Uh, I would add to this that maybe the fact that he was risen might have made them a little bit nervous too, because, right? These these are the guys. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I, that's a great point. I mean, every one of them abandoned Jesus. Every one of them. Now we, we think of Peter and his denial, of course, yep, three yep. times, but but every one leaves him at some point. Uh, and, and Jesus is by himself as he's arrested there in the garden. You know, Mark, you know, and oh, yeah. it seems like he's president. He even ran away, you know, uh, naked, it looks like. But uh, yeah, yeah, they have reason to be afraid, perhaps even of Jesus. I think that's a good point. Well, see, that's what I was thinking too. We are all excited that Jesus has risen from the grave, but these guys maybe are not so happy to hear that because what's he going to say when he shows up? Yep. And uh, especially in light of the fact they had boasted about how they would remain faithful to him. And Peter, of course, as you pointed out, claiming that he would even go to prison or die for him. So these guys, uh, you hit it on the head. And, and that's why I think this is such a great story for us because we experience these things. We experience things when we're frightened of things. Uh, I've been dealing with some kidney issues here and, and uh, got a good report from the doctor, by the way. The doctor good. said, don't lose sleep over it, he says. Uh, we're going to run some more tests. He said, I don't think this is anything. I think it's because you had the kidney stones, and so that's probably affected some kidney function. But that'll that'll be all. So that, that felt good. But, good. yeah, frightened over illness, uh, 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 frightened over jobs, family problems, uh, death, losing loved ones. Man, we had all. Did you have any funerals uh, over the Easter season? We had a slew of funerals. We did, oh too. Wow, don't what's... people know we're busy? I know. We had a... Uh... Well, two funerals during Holy Week. One was my own grandmother's oh, on Monday yeah. of Holy wow. Week, and then Tuesday, one of our members, uh, Ken, passed away. So, boy, yeah, a lot of death. So we, we've got the fears. We know what it is to be locking the doors oh, yeah. for fear. Uh, and I'm thinking they're locking their hearts, too, because of this guilt. Uh, and we do that, too. We've betrayed friends. We've said things, uh, uh, thought things. We know that. We've thought things we shouldn't be thinking. And, and uh, there are people who have these addictions that they can't break themselves free from. And what, what is Jesus going to do? Well, in fact, does Jesus even care? Why would Jesus even want to come to people who are so full of doubt and so full of sin? Why would he want to do anything with them at all? But see, that's the beauty of the text, because what does he do? He doesn't leave them alone behind those locked, closed doors, but he comes among them. And even more than that, I love it. The very first words they hear from the resurrected yeah. Savior is the word peace. And then he says it again. Yeah. Peace. If you didn't yeah. hear it the first time, yeah. guys, peace. So, so that's, I think that's why I love this text. So if there's anybody out there that's struggling with any of these things, fear, guilt, uh, you, you name it, worry, depression, you just need to know the Lord Jesus will come to you. You don't have to worry about that. He's coming to you. You don't have to come to him because uh, you may not feel like you have the strength or the energy or even the, the, the holiness to come to him, but he will come to you. And there's only one thing he's going to say to you, and that is peace. peace. Yeah. Okay. And even for a guy like Peter, like you pointed out oh, already, yeah. I mean, if, 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 if our listeners, if they feel like they've denied Jesus even, oh, or maybe, yeah. uh, you know, abandoned him, 
doubts, you know, as we're going to see a little bit with Thomas, uh, or done something so bad it seems unforgivable. I mean, maybe Peter felt that way. Well, I've denied it was. It was. How times. could you do that to someone who you were supposed to be faithful yeah. follower to? Yeah. Yeah, it sure feels that way. So no matter what the circumstances, Jesus still says peace. Peace. Now, the thing, though, that people need to understand, and, and i got to give credit to Luther for this, because I didn't think of this, but I was reading some Luther stuff on this. Jesus says, I'm not going to give you peace the way the world gives it, okay? And so Luther says, here's the difference between the peace that the world gives and the peace that Christ gives, because the peace of the world requires that the troublesome thing be taken away. Yeah. Okay? So right now we're a little scared about that guy, uh, mentally ill. What's the guy's name? North Korean leader? It's <laughs> okay. not Lauren. It's Kim it's, Jong. It's, it's mentally ill, isn't it? Kim Jong. Mental. Uh, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Uh, me. Did you make that one up yourself? <laughs> no, I got that. From, I got that from David Letterman, actually. And now, now they are going to be aiming missiles at us. Now, this is because they're probably listening into this radio show right now. Where you go? Yeah, no, I'm just. Oh wow! But that's the thing. We got this crazy guy over there, and he's threatening to build an ICBM so he can reduce us to ashes. Those are his words, and there will no be peace there until he's dead and gone and some other more sane person has taken over North Korea. Right? That's got that. No. But but see, that's the thing about the peace that Jesus offers us. After Christ came to that room and said, peace be with you, was there any less reason to be frightened of the Jews, Matt? Nope. No, there, there's still just as much of a threat. In fact, our our first reading last Sunday, yep. Book of Acts, they drag him in front of the council. Um, they tell him to shut up about Jesus, and they and then they beat him up and they let him go. So I mean, there, there's reason to be afraid still, even after Jesus says, "Peace be with you." Yeah. So Jesus says, "Peace," but you still. And in fact, they're locking the doors the week later. Uh, and in fact, not only will they be taken and beaten, but all of these men, except for John, will be martyred <laughs> for for their faith. Uh, um, he walks in and says, "Peace." Does this mean these men don't struggle with sin anymore? Nope. Nope. Apostle Paul says, uh, the good I want to do, I don't do. Uh, he doesn't just call himself a sinner, but he says he's the worst of sinners. But that's the peace that Christ gives us. It doesn't necessarily take away the, the guilt. It doesn't necessarily take away the sin. It doesn't necessarily take away the evil. It doesn't necessarily take the things that we're worried about. Those things remain, and yet Jesus insists that we still have peace. Peace. And, and, and we do. Uh, because what did he say? If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. All right. So out there, people, if you're struggling, if your conscience is troubling you, well, maybe rightfully so, okay? But you need to know that Christ has paid for your sins. Uh, God doesn't hold that against you. He has plans for hope and a future for you because your sins have been taken care of by Jesus Christ. Things out there you're frightened of, again, Jesus said, take up your crosses. So that's not unusual that there would be things that would frighten us. But again, Jesus says he's heard our cries. He'll answer our prayers in his time. Uh, he'll even make it work together for our good. And of course, finally, Matt, death, which I think all of us, as a guy my age, when they start talking about kidney issues, see, I'm I'm doing more than just worrying about kidney issues. I'm wondering, is this going to cut down on how many years I'm going to be here? What does this all mean for me? Uh, but of course, the whole Easter thing is there will be resurrection. There will be ascension. There will be eternal life in heaven glories, Paul says, that are so great we won't even think of the, the sorrows we've had now. If we, if, we, if I... Jump in. No, there reminds me of this, uh, an old story that preachers like to use, yep, but yep. this this thing where there's this competition and then these two painters uh, that try to depict peace. I, I have not heard, have this, heard this story. So, oh, this so is the good. Competition is okay. Oh, wait, Who? wait, I got to sit and get okay. ready for this. I All got right, my legs good, crossed. Good, good. Okay. <laughs> 
So they have to depict peace. All right. So uh, the the first artist draws, paints this beautiful picture of this this mountaintop lake where there's not a breeze uh. that blows. The, the 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 water's calm. It's like a mirror. Beautiful. You know, that's his idea of peace. You know, and the judges, well, yeah, that looks pretty peaceful. The second painter paints this this waterfall with with water crashing down, water spraying everywhere, and there's this tree that's its its branches reaching almost into the waterfall itself. And in the the, the very end of the branch of the tree, there's this nest with these birds in it. Uh, but the mama bird is there. And she has her wings over the baby birds, uh, and the baby birds are sound asleep. You know? uh, and and then the story goes, well, they decided that was the better picture of peace. And it kind of gets to what you were saying, what Luther was saying, too, that you know, peace isn't necessarily the absence of fear and worry and anxiety and troubles, but peace is the, the forgiveness and the peace that Jesus gives in the midst of those turbulent waters of life and the, when things are crashing down around us to still be at peace, even then, that's what Jesus gives. So thank you. That's the perfect illustration of, of, of what we're saying. And so people, if you now have some troubles and worries and fears, if you're struggling with a guilty conscience, understand you still have peace. Yeah. But then it dawned on me, Matt, well, sure, I could have peace if Jesus would come walking in and show his hands and his feet and personally say to me, John, peace be unto you. And again, I say peace. Yeah, if Jesus would actually come and do that, sure, I could have peace. And that's when I realized that I'm just another Doubting Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> Join the club, the, the Doubting Thomas fan club. So here's the second question. Let's suppose you are like Thomas and mm -hmm. you're thinking, well, I really can't have that. In fact, Thomas is pretty profound as he says, I will not believe unless I oh, see yeah. the Oh, yeah, and like in the Greek, isn't it like this double negative? It's like is really right? adamant. Yeah. It's this, you know, I will definitely, no way, believe this. So what does Jesus do to people like that? What did Jesus do to people who just refuse? They say, no, I can't have peace. I won't believe that. Well, you want to read the rest of the story? Sure, sure. So wait, you want to read about Thomas first? So we, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, so here's verse, 20, verse 24. Yeah. We'll pick up there. Uh, now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never, there's, I'm going to add ever, there's <laughs> never double ever negative. Okay, believe. Yeah. Eight days later, and, and by, by you know, Jewish counting, this is the next Sunday, yeah. okay, uh, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas... Are you suggesting Jews can't count? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's, no, it's just the way it they cause trouble with North Korea, <laughs> oh, the Jewish no, population. No, no, so you know you're the kind of evenings is kind of the beginning of the next <laughs> okay, day. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So, so, right. so okay, <laughs> just like three days he rose. You know right, because they're counting right. a little different. Okay, counting, yeah. all right. I'm glad we got that straight. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, there they are locked there again. Are. Jesus came and stood among them, and he said. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So here's the neat thing. 
even if you're someone like Thomas who's saying, well, I just, I can't have the peace. I just won't believe it. What does Jesus do? He just comes in again and says, peace be with you. The same words, same, same exact words. words. Doesn't change his opinion, yeah. doesn't change his words, his statement. And in fact, how gently he deals with Thomas. Yes. Okay, you need to see, there's the wounds. You need to con, stick your finger in the side, indicating, by the way, that he heard everything that Thomas said. He had been present there, even though Thomas couldn't see him. And it occurs to me, Matt, that's how Jesus treats us. Uh, in fact, I would suggest that if you, you're having some difficulties and struggles, Look around. There's still blessings to count. You, you, you'll see that there's still some good things that God is doing for you. Probably has people there to love and, and to care for you. Certainly you have a church where you can come and you can pray and know God is listening to your prayers, where, where, where there are people to welcome, to speak peace to you here on earth, even as Jesus spoke to them back then. So there is this still gentle Jesus, even in the midst of our fears and our doubts. However, I think... All of us, Thomas is out there, including myself, we have to remember that counting those blessings, contemplating the little good things that God is still doing to us, that'll never get you to the faith that you need, which is why he said to Thomas, Thomas, you believe? Well, that's good, but blessed are those that have not seen and believed. And indeed, the very definition of faith is hope in the things that are unseen. Unseen. Uh, Because the bottom line is the word of Jesus. That's all you have. Uh, you can count your blessings, but inevitably there will be times when the troubles and the trials outnumber the blessings if you're going to do the counting game. But let's not do the counting game. Let's do the listening game and just hear Jesus Christ who comes and says, here's the fact, here's the truth. Even though you're having struggles with this, whether it be from your conscience or from your fear or your doubt or whatever, you have peace. You have forgiveness of sins. That's a reality because Jesus says it's a reality. Uh, in fact, uh we, and uh, the one-year lectionary, had the story of the dry bones. You know that story? Oh, yeah, Ezekiel, sure. Yeah, yeah. And how does he take the dry bones and bring, bring them to life? He just speaks his word. And that's how that chapter concludes. He says, because the Lord has spoken, I will do it. So that, that's the great comfort we have. God says it. That's how it is. Even, even if we're still full of fear, even if we're still having some doubts and some questions, because the Lord says there is peace, there is peace. Any, any other thoughts or comments you want to add? Well, I just love how it appears as though Jesus comes back that next Sunday specifically for, for Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. You know, he, he comes and he talks to the disciples, but he's, he talks specifically directly to Thomas. And like you pointed out earlier, he, he could have just abandoned all of them. He well, could yeah, have abandoned no Thomas. Reason said, you're, for him you're, to, you're not yeah. going to believe that I'm alive? Forget you, Thomas. Uh, but instead, he comes just for Thomas. And and what that reminds me of is that that parable Jesus tells about the one lost sheep, right? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and how the shepherd has a hundred, and and the one is lost. He leaves the ninety nine and goes to search out that one lost sheep. And it's it's such a comfort to know that he came for Thomas, even in his doubt. And he comes for each one of us. I mean, that that's the care and the love our good shepherd has for each and every one of us as his sheep, so much that he would come and still speak those words, peace be with you, uh, directly to Thomas, showing him his hands inside. And and you know how neat that is, Matt, because it just occurred to me, there may be someone who's listening to us right now who is struggling with a guilty conscience, who is having frightening things, who is struggling with doubts and everything. And, and, And what Matt and I want you to know is that this is Jesus talking to you right here, right now. He has come into your very room despite the locked doors and the locked heart, and he is saying to you on the basis of the fact that he suffered and died and rose again for you that you indeed do have peace. Yeah, that's happening this very moment. 
as Matt and I have come, bringing out our words. Because that's what's neat. This isn't Matt and my word. It's the word of Jesus Christ. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you. Great for reminder. Share and I, I think yeah. there's a beautiful words this time after Easter as we reflect on Jesus' words for the disciples, but his words for us too. Peace be with you. Blessings to all of our listeners. Naomi, thank you for being with us. And God be with you all. <laughs>